We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dylan Edwards is decommitted from K-State. How much will that hurt the Cats? We break it down next. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in possible. Welcome into another Three Mob Podcast. I am John Kurtz, joined as I am every episode by Cole Manbeck, former K-State beat writer for the Manhattan Mercury, and Derek Young, the overlord of K-State Online. Uh, I hate meeting you guys here under these circumstances because this is like emergency pod-ish time, but it's emergency pod because something bad happened. Dylan Edwards decommits. Uh, Notre Dame offer played a big role in that. We're going to break that down from all angles where K-State sits. What are the odds that he winds up at K-State? What are the odds he winds up at Notre Dame? How did all this unfold? I know everybody has a lot of questions about this. There's nobody better here to answer those questions than Derek Young. But I will tell you, we have some good news as well. Uh, a little bit of basketball. K-State got in a big-time visitor, something that Cole has been hinting at with us, at least internally, for a long time. Maybe turning into uh, something that K-State can pull off here, which would be pulling a former preseason SEC Player of the Year, Keontae Johnson. So, all that coming up here on the pod today. As always, it is brought to you by Holiday Distillery. We're doing a little bit of both. Drinking to celebrate, drowning sorrows, whatever it is, pick your poison. Uh, 360 Vodka from Holiday Distillery, a great choice, as is the Ben Holiday Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Certainly the choice of this pod, but uh, if you're more of a vodka person, check out the 360 Vodka as well. And these guys uh, have a lot of K-State ties. They've been terrific to us here on the podcast to so support those who support us. Gentlemen. Uh, it's been a minute since we've done one of these actual live shows because you guys held it down at Big 12 Media Days, made my life pretty easy for a while. But unfortunately, we sit here with uh, Dylan Edwards' decommit news. Uh, did we even get a full month out of it? Was it a full month? I don't think it was think quite it was, a full month, right? It was 36 days. It was a full month. Okay, we got a full month. All right. You know what? I, look at me coming in negative already here. So sorry that I'm being so negative about it. We got a full month. With uh, Dylan Edwards committed to K-State, there was a lot of pomp and circumstance, the big ceremony, a lot of talk from uh, his father, Leon, about uh, trying to remember the exact quote. If you want to play real football, come to K-State, right? It was a big dog and pony show about K-State and the legacy and coming home and all that. A Notre Dame offer happens. We saw it tweeted out by Dylan Edwards in the middle of the week. 
Not long after, he has a graphic ready to go. The on three graphic guy had it all put together with him back in his derby jersey. Uh, very professionally done and something that took some planning there to announce uh, that he was decommitting from K-State. And now, um, look, it feels like this is a uh, – it feels like there are plenty of hard feelings uh, on the K-State side of things for sure. So I don't know where all this is going to sit in the future moving forward, but maybe, Derek, I'll just let you – take the baton on what the timeline was and how we, how we got to this point with Dylan Edwards, which if you've been following his recruitment, this really shouldn't be that shocking. And I'll put myself in that camp. I was not shocked by this, but obviously still disappointed. Yeah, it was, you know, like I said, he was committed for 36 days and the timeline would be that for most of that, it seemed like he was pretty locked in and dedicated to Kansas state. I think the first cracks we saw came with his flirtation with Nebraska on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, even um, if folks can remember that just all the liking of the tweets and stuff. So th at that point, even though I thought that was more of a troll job and, and kind of Dylan being Dylan, it was probably understood at least by me that this was going to be an interesting recruitment that he would at least put his flair into it. Even if he were to remain with Kansas state, I thought that they, he was going to make, folks sweat a little bit and I thought that was probably just his intention the entire time so I, I wasn't shocked that um, we're here I'm shocked that he probably decommitted as soon as he did and I'm a little surprised that the Notre Dame offer was that you know robust to him for him to kind of make this kind of move because I get I guess I look at it this way he had Oklahoma and to me Oklahoma and Notre Dame are not that different when it comes to prestige and Oklahoma's in his backyard. I mean, I think he, in ways it, it might, it, it might be a quicker drive for him to get to Norman than, it, than to even get to Manhattan. So I'm a little surprised that the Notre Dame offer was that powerful to make him flee the class already. Um, and I think that it also, you know, I think some people have a hard time, like putting everything together, having a, basically a pep rally of a ceremony where you, where Dylan also said, you know, I can't see myself decommitting or ever entering the transfer portal. And then 36 days later, actually decommitting. So it's just hard to make sense of everything and how fastly it unfolded. Yeah, well, I mean, <clears throat> let me just add to that real quick, to that end. I mean, just welcome to recruiting in 2022. Like, I mean, that 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 is a part of this that I will stress. And I'm, I don't know, I'll, I'll let Cole give his initial thoughts here in just a second. I, I just... I'm disappointed. I'm not all that surprised because of one, how this recruitment had gone in general uh, and two, just how recruiting goes in 2022, especially when you get involved with high profile kids that get a lot of big time offers, which is not something K-State's experienced a lot of. There are things like this that do happen. So par for the course, unfortunately, but a reality that K-State fans have not had to deal with a whole lot now having said that i'm not telling you to not be frustrated by the way all that unfolded in the ceremony and all that stuff i i totally get it and there there is some level of frustration for me here i'm just i'm not in meltdown mode yeah john i i don't see any reason why kansas state fans should melt down and i think a large part of that is because the number two player in the state of kansas kansas state sits in a good position with john randall jr another running back who arguably is better than dylan edwards and more of the complete back and as D.Y., we'll talk about this later, but D.Y. knows that we Kansas State is sitting in good position with Randall. Now, that's a recruitment that's probably going to stretch out more into the fall, but K-State has a pretty good fallback option um, 
with Dylan Edwards leaving the fold of the recruiting class and John Randall being there, another local kid that's extremely talented from the Wichita area. So I think that's part of the reason why you don't melt down here. But another reason is I think this was probably going to be a flimsy commitment throughout. I mean, we were all excited when it occurred, but Dylan Edwards likes to be recruited. DY, you've said that numerous times. He likes the attention of the recruiting process. And as you said, two or three weeks ago, he liked like 25 or 30 random Nebraska tweets that were dating back several months and just did that, was tweeting at Jaden Doss, a Nebraska commit, a Kansas City area kid that's committed to Nebraska, was flirting with the Huskers in that way, has talked to other coaching staffs, you know, even after committing to Kansas State. So uh, to me, this seems like a recruitment that was probably going to make Kansas State's coaches nervous until signing day, which is a long ways away. And the way I look at it, it's a lot better for it to happen now. So that's the one thing you're going to appreciate here is that it's way better that, that Kansas State now knows Dylan Edwards has left this class and John Randall. Now, I'm not saying they wouldn't have gotten Randall anyways, even with Edwards in the fold, but now you can put the full court press. And again, I know they were already really going after Randall hard, but you could really press him hard. No, hey, you, you could be the feature back here. There's, you know, Joe Jackson's a talented kid, obviously out of Florida that's in the class, but you know, Randall, you're going to be the second running back in this class. You're going to be our go-to guy. Um, and I think that'll be a big selling point, NIL, et cetera. I think that's a big point. And, you know, the other thing I'll bring up, what DY said about the offer, you know, with Notre Dame, that's a, that's a big time offer. It's a, it changes the dynamics a little bit, but I agree with him that he already had several big time offers. He had the Oklahoma offer, which he had referred to as a dream school for him when he received that offer. And he still chose Kansas State, even though Oklahoma would have taken him. And yet here's Notre Dame. This offer comes in and that that moved the needle that quickly. I, I don't know. It's uh, it's surprising that it happened so quick. Um, and, and when I saw that graphic, I thought he actually had committed to Notre Dame that quickly. I saw the green jersey, the jersey. and thought it was a Notre Dame. But I forget you know, Derby's obviously green. He's in his Derby uniform. So that threw me off. But uh, that was quite the Friday news dump on a Friday evening to uh, see that the commitment come in, but I think Kansas state will be fine. Well, yeah. well I, and, and let me, let me, let me just say this real quick about, like, I think I want to make this point important because I'm, I don't ever want to be the guy that's like going after a kid and like saying we're a lot of stuff here. Again, K-State fans, I don't think are used to this from a number of prospects because even so like Avery Johnson, for instance, and Derek, you can attest to this is pretty opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to how much of the attention he really seeks out and wants, which I would say is actually, more the exception than the rule these days, especially when you're talking about the top 200 to 300 prospects in, in college football every single year. So I think all these things can be true. It's it's very clear that Dylan Edwards did really enjoy the recruitment process. Dylan and Leon, I think, really enjoy the recruiting process. I think that much is, is very obvious by how this whole thing is played out. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Like That is how a lot of people treat this. A lot of people really do want to be all over social media with it. I mean, we went through the whole glow balls basketball situation, right? With somebody that we thought was a player using K-State in the visits to hype up his Instagram followers. Like, we, so in a respect, I guess people have been through that. Uh, so all that's true. I mean, I posted out a graphic at one point of the top 10 of the state of Kansas from Rivals, which had Dylan Edwards listed as a three-star prospect with the whole theme being like, hey, look, K-State's nailing down all these guys. And I got a DM the next morning from Leon saying, Hey, Dylan Edwards is a four-star player, not a three-star player. Right. Okay. So like 
we know where their head has been at throughout this whole thing. And I guess that's a part of why not sweating it as much because I already felt like I was going to be sweating it through signing day. But at the same time, once again, Dylan Edwards is not the only kid that's like that. This is not the only recruitment that's like that. We see this all the time. So I just I want to make those those two things can both be true at the same time, that that was clearly high on the list of importance here throughout this recruitment. But at the same time, it's not like that's some crazy abnormal thing that deserves to be attacked because it is so abnormal. Yeah, I think the only quibbles um, that I would attach to it, and some of it's just that it works that way. It's it, their process. They do it the way they want. doesn't make them bad people. I think uh, some more effective communication would have probably been, you know, preferred for both sides there. Cause I, I think Kansas state found out about the Notre Dame visit on Twitter, like all of us um, or through our, my reporting even. So I, I think the communication probably could have been better in that part. Um, they, they did um, beforehand make Kansas state aware that they were decommitting so that the communication was there on that front, just probably not with the visit. And I think that is one quibble. I think you should probably be able to, have enough trust and a relationship built up, especially calling Kent State, you know, out for their loyalty when he committed. I think that he could have rewarded that with a little bit more transparency when it came to the Notre Dame visit. I think that would be my only quibble. Now, if sometimes you change your mind, it's not not necessarily a bad thing, you know. And and it's it happens in recruiting. Dylan Edwards is not the first recruit to go through this. Not going to be the last, but. Looking back on it, Kansas State, you know, passed on a few running backs that they had a chance to land because they were going, they knew they were going to get Dylan Edwards. That being Jamal Roberts, who's now committed to Missouri, or Cameron Cook, who is now committed to TCU. So they lost out. Along that front, I'm sorry to cut you off, but didn't, and correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there even a little bit of massaging to make sure that they were able to get Joe Jackson into the the fray too, just to make sure that that wouldn't upset Dylan too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they and they I think they spoke to him before that because they realized you know with Edwards they wanted to be transparent, say hey we're doing this. So it just seems like Kansas they went out of their way to make things perfect for Edwards, and maybe it wasn't always the most mutual. So I think that would be my only quibbles. Look, let me frame it up in the way that I think about it as a parent now because. If my son, if if my five year old eventually got a Notre Dame offer to play football, I would when, be ecstatic. When, <laughs> yeah, maybe to walk on, uh, which would be a, still a great thing. Uh, I would be ecstatic. Like I would be hyping up that offer, even if he was committed to Kansas State. That's something to be very proud of. Be very excited about. I'd be pinning that on my social media feed, or you know, my son should be as well. That you know, so proud that he got an offer from Notre Dame, and so I, I think they should be very excited about that. No, you know, be excited about being recruited. I think my biggest issue is the fact of the communication that DY mentions. And you got Leon Edwards who played at Kansas State for Bill Snyder. So you have a legacy here in Dylan Edwards. And if I'm if I'm the dad, so in the situation where I went to Kansas State, now I didn't play football there, I would expect to communicate to Kansas State, hey, just want to let you know, I know we're committed to you guys still. I'm going to go, we're, we're going to Notre Dame. I don't want you to find out on social media. I don't want you to see it on Twitter. Okay. We're, we want to be transparent with you about what's happening. We're still committed or, or we're opening up the process. Just be upfront. That that's all I would ask. Don't, don't deceive anybody. Be honest about the process. I would expect Leon Edwards to have his son or Leon to make the call to the K-State coaching staff and just let him know, 
they're they're making that trip to South Bend, especially when Dylan Edwards and Leon Edwards were on campus at K-State this same week. I mean, he basically got on a flight to South Bend within 24 hours of taking an unofficial visit to K-State. Had the perfect opportunity to just tell them face-to-face like a man that we're making the trip to Notre Dame. And I, I think people would have understood that. To me, that that's just frustrating that you're kind of hiding something from the school you committed to that showed so much loyalty in the recruiting process. I get opening up recruiting again, like new opportunities are arising. He probably committed too early for a kid that really likes to be recruited. Probably should have just kept it open until closer to signing day. Um, but instead he jumped in the fold earlier. I don't know, like the intention, like maybe he was trying to get ahead of some of those other running backs, right guys. I mean, Cameron cook, all those guys were visiting right at the same weekend that he visited. He kind of jumped that visit. He moved that visit up to get in the fold. It felt like out of nowhere. Well, the, the other thing was Avery Johnson was closing in on committing to K-State, right? Can, couldn't that be a part of the calculus here too? Like just getting swept up in some of the excitement of hey, Avery Johnson and then Josh Manning. I mean, Eli yeah. Dorkwitz, thank you very much. But K-State had Josh Manning basically wrapped up and committed. I mean, he did commit at one point in time. And so, like, I think there was there was a lot of momentum flowing that way, too, yeah. where, where perhaps that, that got a hold of him. I'll be curious to see what happens now. Um, you know, if there's ever a reunion of sorts or, you know, or they consider a reunion of sorts, whether that be Dylan Edwards or Kansas State. Um, and I don't think anything's going to happen in the immediate future. I think uh, – some fences are going to have to be mended before that. And, and the wounds are probably still a bit fresh. I'm, and there's, there, I mean, even if when a decommitment happens and it's like perfectly done, there's always going to be some hard feelings. So that's always hard. But I, but just because of the, you know, the circumstances of being a legacy an in-state kid, you know, someone that's close with a lot of the guys that are already committed, you just wonder if at some point it doesn't come back around. I'm also curious does he just commit right like quickly to Notre Dame? Is are we are because a lot of their insiders apparently are under the impression that the Fine Irish sit in a very favorable spot. But it sounds like he's also, you know, flirting with the you know various other schools. We know he flirted with Nebraska. It sounds like everyone from Clemson believes that he's in contact with that coaching staff as well. So does he rush to a commitment to Notre Dame like some of their insiders feel like he may? Or does he take some time and actually you know, decompress a little bit and take everything into consideration. Now, his statement when he decommitted on Twitter made it sound like to me that he just wanted to, he said it in there, right? He wanted to take a step back. And I think that's probably wise to do. If, if I was, you know, they're not going to listen to me, but if I was like offering up some advice, I would say, hey, take a step back and don't just jump right into a Notre Dame commitment because they clearly – you know, want to consider all options and maybe more on the way. He, I mean, he blew up even more after that Under Armour 50 event. He was the fastest player there. Yeah, like if he thinks he's a Clemson offer is potentially in play, I would not be committing anywhere. Like, yeah, just take a step back and wait and see if at the end of the day you've got offers to Oklahoma, Clemson, and Notre Dame. I mean, whether or not that's as a running back or more of like what we heard about the Notre Dame offer is like a slot, you know, kind of weapon that's also used on special teams, whatever that role is, like those are – impressive offers and and just take a step back and consider that so i agree with you i agree with you there probably was just an error in in judgment and making the commitment when you did if this was the road that you want to go down and i think ultimately cole actually what was running through my mind as you were laying out 
like, hey, this was a legacy. K-State was very loyal to you. You would expect a little bit of some reciprocation there. To me, it actually, it reminded me sort of like how we were sitting here talking about Brad Underwood, right? During the Brad Underwood flirtation with K-State, where it was like, look, if you're playing this to get more money out of Illinois and like you're just trying to maximize the money that you can get, the security that you have in a job where, you know, job security is hard to come by, totally get it. Like, go do you, go get yours. Like, it's a business. I, I understand that. But there it was like, but do you have to do it at your alma mater's expense? Like, really, you got to do it at art. Like, we're the alma mater. Like, you don't have to come here. You don't have to give us a massive discount, but at least maybe just don't use us for leverage. And I think that was the real frustration. Whereas, like, here, it's like, yeah, you got a Notre Dame offer, man. If I got a Notre Dame offer, if my kid got a Notre Dame offer, whatever it is, hell yeah, go flaunt it. Like, I would be all about that. You, you should. I understand taking a step back to think about it at that point. But, yeah. Just be very transparent, especially when you just put on the dog and pony show about loyalty and and legacy and all this stuff. And you had a father who played for the program. Right. I think that's that's kind of the ultimate point here. And that's where I I don't know, D.Y. It just makes me I, I don't know how K-State's coaches want to handle this. Time can heal all wounds, especially when it comes to talent and somebody with a trait that's just as dynamic as the speed of Dylan Edwards is. But it feels like it's a pretty large hurdle to get over right now if if that bridge were ever going to be repaired if it's not just burned totally yeah it'll take time i mean they got to build that trust back up i mean you have to have a trust between player and coach and not not that it can't be repaired it can um but you know they're not it's going to take some time we'll see we'll see how things work out he might they might not even consider kansas state again so Uh, you know you just never know I, i think it's in the best interest for both parties just to move on at this point, I mean, look, even if you got a commitment, a recommitment from Dylan Edwards three months from now, would you would you feel confident that that's going to stick to signing day? I don't I mean, think I, any. I don't think any school should feel really all that confident. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like, I just I would have trouble trusting it. And again, like, that's you, not a, a knock on him. Would you so, feel confident if you were Notre Dame even at this point? No, I don't know if I would. No, no. look, look, I, I just I'd push all your chips in and go after John Randall as hard as you could. I mean, that's a pretty good option to have on the table. And I think the most important thing, guys, the the first thing I think that ran through a lot of people's minds on Friday night when this happened, what's this mean for Avery Johnson? Look, the most important thing, the most important guy in this recruiting class is Avery Johnson. And Avery Johnson is completely bought in. He's handled his recruitment much differently than Dylan Edwards. You mentioned it earlier, John. He has not gone after the attention nearly as much. Um, and he's been very level-headed throughout the process, and he he stated Friday night that he's locked in, put out a graphic even on his Instagram, I believe, that he's locked in, this doesn't impact him. That's the most important thing K-State fans should be comforted about because they can replace Dylan Edwards. He's a very talented kid, but Avery Johnson is the key to this recruiting class. Yeah, that's that's it's a little harder to replace the, the quarterback and a guy with that level of talent, and – I think a lot of people fretted about it, not just because obviously they committed close together. They're from the same city and all that. But I think there's a perception that they're like really, really close. And I don't know, Derek, you're the one that knows more of the particulars on that. But where is the relationship of those two at right now? I think they're friends. I don't know if they're like best friends. I would like I, I think that probably got a little escalated and blown out of proportion. I mean, they went to each other's announcements. They both were at the Catbacker event in Wichita. I, I mean, they're close, but in terms of best friends, I don't. I mean, Avery Johnson's, you know, plays on Rumi with Wesley Fair. That's so I don't know. And, 
And here's the reality, D.Y. I mean, Avery Johnson, as you'd been telling people for months, was leaning to committing to K-State when everybody thought Dylan Edwards was going to Oklahoma, right? So Dylan Edwards did not influence Avery Johnson's decision by committing earlier. Avery Johnson was destined for K-State for a while when everybody thought Dylan Edwards was going elsewhere. So it's not like Avery committed to K-State largely because Dylan Edwards was in the fold. That didn't weigh on it. Avery Johnson is committed to K-State because of his relationship with Colin Klein and the coaching staff and the way they recruited him. And really, overall, just to close the book here on football, I mean, I think the the tough part of it to stomach right now more for me is it just feels like the, the there was this wave of incredible momentum there for a while where you got the commitment of Dylan, you got the commitment of Avery. Josh Manning at one point is in the process of committing to you before it gets halted at the final hour. Things were looking great with Jacoby Lane, another stud receiver there, right? And now you've had Dylan Edwards decommit. Uh, Josh Manning gets talked out of committing and now winds up committing to Mizzou with Eli Drinkwitz throwing shade at Avery Johnson on Twitter, you know, throwing shade at a high school kid on Twitter because he's a really, really big man. Um, but then Lane now has picked up a Texas A&M offer and I don't, the Oregon offer, I don't think it's come through for sure yet. Right. But possibly it's on the way. So it, it just, some of these guys feel like they're slipping away is the point here when it looked like it was going to be like a slam slam dunk of a class. And part of that run also included Joe Jackson, who's actually rated pretty highly and is also a running back. So I know we touched on like earlier. So, I mean, it kind of released some of this thing, right. Having Joe Jackson, he's, I mean, I think we sometimes overlook him. I mean, technically on rivals and I know the Edwards family probably don't want to hear this, but <laughs> Dylan Edwards and Joe Jackson are right the same on rivals. True. That is true. Yes. And again, I, I've been a huge, you guys can attest to uh, things I've been tweeting for a long time. Like I've been hot on Randall for a long time. I was as excited about him as anybody in the class, not named Avery uh, for a while. And that, that one's going to drag on into the fall, but look, the sky is not falling. It, it's going to be okay, but this, this is definitely disappointing. And when it looked like K-State couldn't miss there for a while, there has been a little dose of reality delivered, I think on the, the recruiting trail here over the last couple of weeks. Doesn't mean that they can't get some of that back. And the Josh Manning recruitment may be one that continues to, to go on here, even though he is committed to Mizzou right now. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Now, basketball-wise, we do have some big news to get to there because Derek had to, to sit on this for a while, but K-State had a really high-profile visitor uh, in town over this past weekend. So we're going to talk about that coming up next. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, we're back here on the Three Mob Podcast. John Kurtz, Derek Young, Cole Maymeck, all with you. Transitioning into basketball here, Keontae Johnson, former preseason SEC Player of the Year, took a visit to K-State over the weekend, and that should be very enticing news to everybody. Enticing enough that it should get you to throw on your home field apparel, all those K-State shirts. I know a lot of people have them. If you look at Cole, if you're looking on YouTube right now, you can see him rocking one of those great shirts from home field apparel. They released their K-State collection uh, last month. That is that is a sexy shirt, my friend. That is a very sexy shirt. Uh, I had to swap mine out for different sizes, but I can tell you this. Homefield had incredible customer service and getting that taken care of um, because I was dumb and tried to go a size too big, and now I'm getting it switched out. But they were excellent, took care of it, no problems, um, and that is something I've heard about them. But if you want the coolest-looking K-State gear, if you want to go to Bill Snyder Family Stadium and like not feel left out this fall – uh, you probably need to get on ordering some of that home field apparel because it's going to be all over the place. And you can do so with 15% off if you use promo code 3MA, 3MAW, uh, to get 15% off your home field apparel. It's like old school K-State gear. That's really their thing. They they dig deep and find some old school, very cool designs. Uh, you can get a bunch of different ones on uh, home field's website. So go use promo code 3MA and uh, check out home field apparel for us uh, as they did a great thing by dropping this all for the K-State fan base. All right, so Keontae Johnson. I, Cole, I may even let you lead this one off because you've been hot on this trail, stalking Instagrams, you know, for weeks and weeks to see if this was going to happen. Maybe months. I feel like we're at months at this point on the Keontae Johnson watch. Yep. And it finally happened. The 2020 preseason SEC Player of the Year who has a complicated pass because it also includes collapsing on the court in a game back in, I believe it was December. Hang on, I've got the date for you here. December 12th, 2020. He collapsed on the court in a game at Florida State after being named the preseason SEC player of the year that year. Uh, has not played in a game since. That's obviously one thing, uh, one hurdle that will need to be cleared. Another that seemingly has been cleared now, but I, I do think at least has to be mentioned here. He was accused of sexual assault in March, but the case was then dropped at the beginning of July. Uh, so the coaching staff obviously I think feels good about where where that is at. They I assume have done quite a bit of vetting there, especially as much as Jerome Tang really values character of the guys in the program. So he was here and seemed to be really enjoying the hell out of Manhattan. Those guys had a, a really nice karaoke session uh, in somebody's basement. I don't know if that was Coach Tang's basement or not, but uh looked like he was having a great time. And by all accounts, uh, K-State's really in the thick of this. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll, I'll let D.Y. jump in here in just a minute. Obviously, when I saw some of the K-State coaching staff members follow Keontae Johnson on Instagram, 
maybe it might've been two months ago at this point. I think Jareem Dowling might've followed him two months ago on Instagram. That caught my eye. Uh, he entered the transfer portal after not playing this past season in Florida due to not being medically cleared yet. He is medically cleared now. He wants to play basketball again. By all accounts, he's healthy. The way it was reported, the Gainesville Sun at the time reported he had acute myocarditis, which is inflammation of the heart muscle, um, which over time uh, can certainly improve and go away and be cleared. It's not unheard of at all for a player to get back on the court or back on the football field after following that incident. It was a scary scene, obviously. But look, I got excited when I saw K-State's coaching staff members following Keontae Johnson, because this is a guy that was the 2020-2021 season SEC preseason player of the year. First team, all SEC 2019-2020. He is an NBA talent when healthy. If he can knock the rust off, K-State is getting an NBA-type talent, and he is the type of guy. And and I should say K-State would be getting if he commits to K-State. We're recording this on July 31st. We don't know if he's committed yet or what you know, is upcoming in his recruitment. It seems like K-State sits in a very favorable spot. If they can lock him down, to me, that changes the dynamic of the ceiling of this team from a team that I would say with the current roster of 11 is at the very least a bubble team. I think they could very easily make the NCAA tournament with that roster, finish fifth or sixth in the Big 12. If you get a Keontae Johnson type and he knocks the rust off and can return to form of what he was at Florida, K-State is a top four Big 12 team in my eyes and a very good likelihood to make the NCAA tournament. I just, I I really love his game. It's a kid that can do it all from all levels of the court. He's he's great at scoring at the basket. The last two years, which is 35 games, because he only played four games his senior year or his junior year before the incident occurred. Over those 35 games, he shot 61% from two and 56% from the floor overall, 56%. To put that in perspective for you guys, Jacob Poland's career, he shot 41% from the floor. As a guard, Barry Brown was 42%. So you think about a kid that's shooting 56%, and he's not a guy that's a post player that's you know banging around at the rim. Now, he does score a lot down, down low. He's 6'5", 230 pounds. He can play the four even in a more positionless offense. This is a guy that can score from all levels of the court, 38% from three, uh, terrific around the basket. And in the SEC, he finished third in field goal percentage his sophomore year. The only two guys that finished ahead of him were bigs. So, so an elite talent. And if you can knock the rust off, Kansas State is going to have a really good team this year. It's hard to disagree with any of that. Um, it's their best transfer that they would have added if they if they can put him, bring him into the fold. And and it really kind of completes the scenario for them. I mean, they're, they're an NCAA tournament team if they can pull off landing Keontae Johnson. It's just a matter of if, you know, they outlast, it seems like, two other schools involved per Jeff Goodman of Stadium. We didn't have that, you know, information. Or Western Kentucky and USC. He's already been to Western Kentucky. People are like, Western Kentucky, they actually recruit really well. They've gotten five stars in the past under their current regime. So that's actually – um, nothing to sneeze at, but we'll see. It, it definitely seems like the visit was a home run, um, a grand slam, whatever you want to call it. But we've also seen that in, in the recruiting era that we are in, that doesn't necessarily mean anything either because uh, 
that we alluded to his recruitment already in this podcast. Good old the same was the same was uh, the case with Antoine Davis. Yeah, that it, it definitely Antoine Davis vibes with the uh, the way the visit played out, except not quite as much of a push on social media for for everybody. But um, yeah, and then maybe that maybe there's some some wisdom in that. I know K State was trying to keep the visit a little more quiet. It sounded like on the front end of this, but obviously Jeff Goodman kind of blew that open and um, with him coming here. And I, I think it just it continues the trend of the basketball situation just like methodically becoming better and better. We can think back to the times where we've been on this pod and being a little uneasy and like, man, they don't have, you know, they still have six, seven, eight, whatever open scholarships here. And we're in March, April, May, whatever month it might have been and worrying about where this was going and just slowly and steadily. They have brought in some guys with obviously we loved Colbert and Carter right off the bat with the upsides there. Then Naquan Tomlin, we started hearing about how great he was, the junior college kid that they pulled in, and they had to do that pretty quietly. And now we're sitting here with Keontae Johnson on the back end of this. Like they have steadily put together a pretty nice roster. And on top of that, they finished out the coaching staff now with Rodney Perry officially being named, the guy who was in charge of MoCan, um, the AAU program there, and helped lead them to what did they did they win the Peach Jam? They did they won the Peach Jam, which is like a that's a big deal in the AAU circuit. He's um, won Perry, the Peach Jam three times. Yeah, very, very well respected coach. And I, you know, when when it was first it's been a pretty poorly kept secret that he was going to be the final assistant coach there, just had to finish that out with Mocan beforehand. But at first, I think there was some level of disappointment and like, man, if you're hiring an AAU coach, you do that because you're trying to bring in some kids immediately. You're trying to get connections to the five-star kid immediately. You're trying to like Cade Cunningham this thing, right? And there wasn't much of that. And it was you know, K-State almost had that visit with a, a five-star prospect because of it, but it fell through. Didn't happen. And so you're like, all right, well, you know, if you're bringing in an AAU coach, what's the point here if he can't deliver players? That what, what has been a learning experience for me, and especially since the hire was officially announced, is to see different corners of the basketball world come out and say, like, that dude's a legit coach. Like, that, that guy knows how to coach. Uh, so much more coach than recruiter, it would appear, actually. And then, obviously, he can help you with some Mocan connections, Kansas just had three Mocan players on their national championship team. Right. So that, that's a place that churns out a lot of talent. You have that on top of being a guy that does have plenty of coaching chops too. So slowly, but steadily, this basketball program seems to be really rounding into a nice form. Yeah. It's almost like a little bit of an unconventional thing. Typically your third assistant is your recruiting ace. Typically you hire someone from the grassroots section of the basketball world. It's going to be a guy more, known for his recruiting chops and Roddy Perry could probably really recruit too. Don't get us wrong. I think he's probably the Midwest guy on the staff anyways, just because they didn't have a lot of, you know, experience in that area between Jerome Tanger, Malgi and, and Dream Dally. But you ask anyone and it sounds like he's more coach than recruiter. So it's just, I think it's, it just kind of, you know, conflicts with people's expectations and they almost had to recalibrate what to expect from Rodney Perry. And, you know, he's been a college coach before too. He's kind of floated back and forth between college and, and the uh, grassroots area. So all in all, a really good staff. And that's not to mention the support staff that they have assembled to the strength coach, you know, Phil Beyer. Um, then you got Marco Bourne, Anthony Winchester, Austin Carpenter, Kevin Sutton. They just have a complete staff, with a lot of experience. Um, and it's more heavyweight 
more expansive than what we had seen prior in Manhattan. I think Bruce Weber, he had some support staff too, but it was a little bit more probably of a skeleton crew compared to what his, you know, Jerome Tang is concocted. I think when Rodney Perry's name started to get leaked and, and DY, you guys stumbled upon it first that he was going to be on the staff months ago. People saw the Link Academy roster that he had in Branson, Missouri, and all those top 150 guys, right? And Omaha, Baloo, and Julian Phillips. And they, they got excited and thought, okay, oh, State must be hiring Rodney Perry to get one of those guys. But you guys knew that Omaha, Baloo, a top 20 player in the country, was going to Iowa State months ago. He just committed this past week. Um, you know, he's, he's from, from Iowa. Yeah, he's from Ames. Made the horrible decision to decide to go there. Um, but anyways, he, he's going to play at Iowa State. But you guys knew that for months, so that wasn't a shock. Julian Phillips was always probably a long shot. Rodney Perry connection almost got him to campus. The visit was planned. And then Tennessee, you know, worked some magic or whatever happened there. They were able to land him. He was a top 15 player. But there was a very talented link team. And it's first year there. And I, what did they go 34 and two DY at link? Something uh, like it was that. a really good record. They, they made it to the finals of the Geico yeah. nationals. Yeah. yeah. So he, he did a heck of a job both with Mocan and his high school prep team and link. And I was guilty of it too. I had the perception, Oh, they must be hiring him. They the recruiting ace to pull some of the players that he coaches. And that obviously didn't happen. I still think he's going to recruit talented kids to Manhattan, but to your guys' point, I think I've been swayed also by the national reaction to the hire. We've seen a lot of respected people that are in the know that think this is a home run hire by Kansas State, that they've assembled a heck of a coaching staff. We already thought they had a really good staff in place as we have tremendous respect for who they brought in. But that this was a home run hire with Rodney Perry added. You saw the Ty Ty Washington, the, the Kentucky former Kentucky star player as a freshman this past year, tweet that Mocan has had a answer for every defensive set thrown at him. So this is a guy that can coach offense. And I, Jerome Tang's per, you know, known more for defense. Now he can coach both. But I think a lot of this coaching staff is more defensive-minded. And so is Rodney Perry now that kind of offensive guru? Uh, I like bringing that into the fold. And he's another guy with experience at multiple levels. So uh, I think it's a really good hire. Uh, I think Kansas State has just a tremendous – coaching staff um, from X's and O's to recruiting. So I can't wait to see what they do. I think the culture of this program, you, you watch the, <laughs> I was watching those Instagram videos last night, guys. I, I could not get enough of it. The inside look from Dream Dowling, uh, them doing karaoke in the basement and all the players, Coach Tang doing a three, four minute song. They got the families there. They got Keontae Johnson there. I mean, the culture, these guys just really seem to get along, everybody. I just, uh, yeah, I'm not used to seeing that. We, we don't get a look at that anyways in the past staff. So that some of that may have happened, but just the inside look at it. I, I just think the culture is going to be a program. Everyone likes each other. They're going to be hard on them for sure. But I just, I think this thing's trending in the right direction. I really like, you know, looking forward to the season. And when, it, when it comes to all these coaches, Yurik Malgi, I think a first choice. I think Dream Dowling was a first choice. He was the first coach announced, I believe. And and Rodney Perry, I mean, that came together so fast. Like I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm almost certain Jerome Tang got all three of his first choices when it came to his entire assistant coaching staff. And the the the, the reason that Jerome Tang was willing to wait four months for Rodney Perry tells you all you need to know what he thinks of him, right? He knew the timeline that it was going to take a while to get him, 
And normally you want your entire staff in place, but he was willing to be patient because he wanted Rodney Perry that bad. So that tells you how he feels about Perry and what he brings to the table. I would also suggest it tells you something about how he feels about the rest of the staff and everybody being able to pull their own weight while waiting for the the last full-time assistant to actually be there. Because when you're recruiting a roster, I mean, we're talking about, again, they, they, they brought two guys back. I mean, they had to recruit basically an entire roster and they had to do it without largely, obviously, Ronnie Perry, who was not there. So it, it tells you that they felt really good about not only Yurik and Jareem, but everybody else on the support staff to help fill in, you know, guys like the Marco Bournes of the world and, and Kevin Sutton's of the world who have plenty of experience elsewhere who were able to step in and do that too. So, and I'm with you, man, you, you watch these guys. It's, it's just kind of an infectious energy around the team when you watch this stuff. Like, you know, first of all, shout out to my guy, Curtis Kelly, for getting his notorious B.I.G. on in that uh, in that karaoke session. That was really fun to watch. Um, but th- these guys are all having fun, man, just watching the way that they interact with each other and how much camaraderie there appears to be. I just it feels so totally different. Now, we're getting more of a look at it than we did before. You know, in some ways, this is kind of like Chris Kleiman. I think there are a lot of parallels from going to Bruce Weber to Jerome Tang and Bill Snyder 2.0 to Chris Kleiman in terms of more of like a player's coach, like friendly environment, atmosphere, culture, getting more of an inside look at it. So in fairness, we are, yes, getting much more of an inside look at this, thanks in large part to Jareem's uh, IG stories. But I don't know. It's hard not to just love everything that's happening culture-wise with the program. Right? It, it's easy for the fans to embrace when they get to see how the bread is buttered a little bit. And, and I don't think they felt like they were getting enough of that from Bruce Weber probably at least not some of the fun moments like that they were able to see, you know, you know, karaoke in coach's basement, you know, so, uh, and there's still a level of we're in a honeymoon period and any coach that was no going to follow, follow Bruce Weber was going to be beloved because there was, uh, almost an exhaustion when it came to that regime. Oh, just like folks became exhausted with coach Snyder there at the end. So I think sometimes like and it's interesting because folks thought you know the Bill Snyder thing like it was going to be hard to follow up Bill Snyder, but I think with some coaches, family bases can become exhausted with it, and they're ready to love another coach, whoever that next coach may be. And the karaoke thing—I mean, that wasn't isolated last night. I mean, look, just to call this out, I've seen on Dream Allen's feed they're getting together every couple weeks with the team and having dinners at coaches' houses. I mean, they're they're really big into building that camaraderie aspect and the culture aspect. And they have all the coaches there. So I love getting to look at it. And also the recruits see it. I mean, that's why they're doing it. I mean, kids see this, they see the whole team together. They're rallying around each other. They're loving each other last night. It was just, it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, so, you know, more of that's coming. If you're not following dream Dowling, you're missing out. I mean, I wasn't on Instagram until dream Dowling came into the fold and now I can't get enough of this stuff. So it's it's a lot of fun, and it's really amazing how how patient this staff is. Jerome Tang is is they waited for Rodney Perry throughout, did not panic. They didn't panic on the roster and take some kids. They turned some kids away they didn't think were fits. It would have been easy to take them because everybody's thinking, oh, you got seven eight guys, we still need to get on the roster. And then remember, back to Keontae Johnson real quick. Jerome Tang said multiple times they may wait even into August to get another guy or two on their roster. And now look what's happening. We're recording on the very last day of July. And arguably, I would say Keontae Johnson, if he was healthy and didn't have this occur, and I, you know, he's probably healthy right now, he's medically cleared, but if none of this had occurred and he's in the transfer portal, 
I think you can make a case he's one of the top two or three transfers in America that's in the portal for this class. When you look at everything that he brings to the table, he's a, he's a really good defensive player too, rebounder. He's a complete player. And so everything's coming to fruition that they talked about, and now they just got to close it out on Keontae Johnson as well. Going back to Dream's Instagram, like more power to him, but I couldn't imagine recording that much on a daily basis. Like he, well, he knows I what he's do doing, it. man. I mean, it, it, I'm sure some of it is self-serving, but a lot of it is is also just exactly what we talked about. Window to the program, it's helping out a lot. Now, you're, whoever made the point, you're right. Still honeymoon period. You know, if they lose three of the first five games in the non-con, that thing, things would change with some of that in terms of how people feel, but. Right now, it's all good vibes. Just to put a bow on this, I know to add even even more, a nice little cherry on top here. Obviously, Day-Day Ames is committed. 2023, that's a four-star prospect. And now K-State is getting a, a visit coming up from R.J. Jones, who's another four-star prospect in 2023. So, I, D.Y., just any any notes to, uh, to tack on here about basketball recruiting before we depart? Yeah, R.J. Jones is probably the next 2023 prospect to really focus in on, at least in the next week. He just visited Oklahoma, so um, and visits Kansas State on Wednesday, I believe. So we'll see. Hopefully, you know, the next day or two, we're not seeing a surprise commitment to Oklahoma and Porter Moser and the Sooners, and, and that the visit to Kansas State still goes off without a hitch. We know K State could never lose to Porter Moser. I mean, I, you know, when is that still, ever for? Still too soon, John. Still too soon. Uh, yeah, and RJ Jones, I think Rivals has him number seventy-one in the country. Every recruiting metric outlet has him right around there, at top sixty, top seventy. So, yeah, he's, he's a, a yeah big time shooter. Is he another lefty dy or am I miss? Am I is he a righty? Nope. I, th- I think he's a righty. All right. Well, look, see, this is what you, you guys have seen him. I, I had not. I knew Day Day was a lefty. So, um, yeah, would be obviously a, a great addition to the recruiting class if they can get him. Yeah, they're recruiting, man. They're recruiting and they're recruiting well right now. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, some good, some bad. I feel like we, we ended on a pretty high note there for uh, where this started. Appreciate the work of Tucker Franklin behind the scenes, as always. Shout out to Home Field Apparel. Go use that promo code 3MA to get 15% off if you have not yet or if you already have. Stock up on some more before football season gets here. And thank you to Holiday Distillery, 360 Vodka, Ben Holiday, Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Go support them as well for all the support that they have given us uh, over our time here on this pod. It's going to do it for uh, Derek and Cole. I am John. Thank you for listening to 3MA. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.